You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour, Mike. What's going on? Derek, we took a trip, and we are sitting down with our new friend, and I'm very excited for this interview uh, because there's a lot of things to discuss. So let's start with introductions, and then we'll dive right into your background. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, so my name is Rachel Simpson. Um, I'm a registered dietitian. Um, I graduated from Duville College in 2001, or no. 2011, sorry, <laughs> still in high school at that time. Um, 2011, I moved to Florida for about a year and a half and was a clinical dietitian down there in an acute care setting, um, and then moved back to Buffalo in 2012. Since then, I've been a dietitian at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, where I specialize in leukemia, uh, transplant and cellular, cellular therapy, and then pediatric. Casual. <laughs> no, yeah, right? <laughs> um, and then I started um, my private practice called Buffalo Dietitian in 2017. Um, so that's kind of taken off. Every year I feel like it gets bigger and better. Um, so, yeah, so I'm pretty busy. Um, but, yeah, I'm also obviously certified dietitian nutritionist in the state of New York since we are not licensed yet um, in the state of New York. Really? So, yeah, I know we're like one of, I don't know, how many, two or three states, I think. Why is that? Um, I think it's money. Sure. Le- you know, I'll, we're New York State, mm-hmm. really. You right. know, yeah. <laughs> things well, No need to say anymore. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, yeah. So, what are the differences between like the health concerns in New York and the health concerns in Florida? Um, they're pretty similar. Okay. Obviously, like my, my population down in Florida was much older. Um, and I worked in a different type of hospital. It was an acute care setting um, where I did have quite a few older people with like pneumonia, diabetes, renal issues, uh, just providing education that no one really cared about. Mm-hmm. I'd see these, these patients come in over and over again. Whereas now I work at Roswell, obviously all my, my patients have cancer. Sure. So they're a little more... Um, they want the education because they're going to do anything they can mm-hmm. to live longer if they can. Um, so it's much different. So interesting. What actually got you interested in the industry? Because it's for one extremely overwhelming, but also it's full of stress that most people don't realize. It it's because you're dealing with people that absorb what you give them. And all the information, and then they never actually apply it most times. So that frustration of dealing with people that don't put the same effort in that you do um, turns a lot of people off. So, like, what made you push through all that? So, what got me into nutrition in the first place was in high school, probably 15, 16 years old, um, had an eating disorder, um, more of anorexia slash excessive exercising combination a little bit of both um and from there i became obsessed with food um counting calories um exercising weight things like that um and it just got me interested in 
really nutrition in general. From there, that got me into wanting to become a dietitian. Um, the part that people don't really take to it and me pushing through it um, is that I do have people that take to it to some extent. I do and I don't. So those people that do take to it and really make health changes, and this isn't just about weight. This is about health. You know what I mean? We come into this and we think of going to see a dietitian because you want to lose weight. I don't have just people coming to me to just want to lose weight. I have people coming to me because they have GI issues and they need, you know, specific help with what foods they should and shouldn't eat to help them with their GI issues. I have cardiovascular disease issues. I have diabetes. I have renal issues. Um, so it's not just weight loss. So there are some people that really do take to it. And more the people that do have general health issues that don't want to lose weight, more you see the results more because they're wanting to save their health. Yeah. It's there's a huge misconception too when it comes to the actual number on the scale relating to your health. You can be very thin and just small boned and still be very unhealthy. So, what are those conversations? Have you ever had those conversations when someone's like, This is what I want to focus on? and you redirect that conversation to say, That's really not one of your concerns. We should look at it like this. Yeah, yeah, no, um, definitely. Um, and there's some people that I work, especially like, especially if it's a lower weight, and I'm working with someone who even has like an eating disorder or disordered eating, um, I have to help them know that they could be damaging their health in the long term. Um, but then also finding someone who may be overweight, and they're, they're happy with their weight, I also have to address say, hey, I know you're happy with your weight and the way you look, but you have say high cholesterol mm -hmm. and, and you're pre-diabetic. So these are things we need to also take a look at. So it kind of goes both ways because I feel like social media nowadays, they're like, be happy with your weight sometimes mm -hmm. at a, even though you're overweight or be happy with your weight if you're super skinny. So yeah, it is hard, it's, it's touch and go. And um, sometimes I work with not only myself, but obviously counselors to help with those issues too. Um, but yeah, it depends on person to person. And people who come to me, there's different issues and we work through them. Okay, we're going to talk about social media and, and the ramifications it has on all things life a little bit later. But yeah, obviously. <laughs> so <laughs> quick question that I have too is with time, you learn a lot of other things that don't necessarily apply specifically for that person. Um, but are there common things that always apply regardless of what the issue is where it's like don't eat processed food and if you just eliminate processed food all of this can actually benefit you so it's not only just being healthier but it could help with hypertension and it can also help with gi tract issues it can help with acid reflux and everything else like do you have those um kind of like what we were talking before we went in there like those five things that you always revert back to but those same five things apply to almost every general area of the issues that you're coming across? Yes. So every client session that I have is is specialized, every single client. Um, but there are five basic things that I always go through with each of my clients. And nutrition is the first one. When I look at nutrition, I look at basic nutrition things that we need to look at is limit processed foods, mm -hmm. um, increasing fruits and vegetables, which is huge because most Americans don't get enough rich in fruits and vegetables. I do a food recall, like a food diary, like I ask, what do you eat in a typical day? Um, and they'll go through everything. Um, and there'll be patients, or I should say clients that I see that have no fruits and vegetables in the entire day. And that's something we need to work on. Mm -hmm. um, so we work on increasing fruits and vegetables. Um, also getting enough protein in your diet. Everyone is going to have different amount that they should have, things like that. So we that's the nutrition part, but also looking at portion sizes because right now this is why we're obese is mm -hmm. portion distortion. Um, the portion sizes that we're eating are too large. Sometimes I just say take everything you're doing and cut it down. Because if that's one thing that you could do just to help with decreasing calories, because honestly, weight gain is caused from an increase in mm -hmm. calories. Okay. It's no special. It's not because you're, you're not fat because of carbs. You're not fat because of fat. You're fat because of increased calories. That's, that's the issue. I like that term too. Portion distortion. Yes. It's a rhyme. So it's, it sticks with you. But th that's an interesting point because we had this discussion on the show earlier. That's one thing that I did. I lost 45 pounds earlier this year just because I took everything that I was eating and I was marking it down and trying to understand why I'm not losing the weight that I wanted to. And it was because I'm having so much in one sitting yeah. that it doesn't matter if I do this diet or that diet or the, um, what do I do? 
the uh, where I eat only eight hours a day. Oh, intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting. I don't mm-hmm. know why I couldn't think of it. But it doesn't matter if I do that. If I'm still consuming 3,000 exactly. calories in an eight-hour period, it's not going to help me. Yep. So that was one of the biggest things that I learned this year. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. And then we go to restaurants and say you go to Olive Garden. Five cups, six cups of pasta served to you. We think this is normal. Mm-hmm. We've come to this that, you know, every year portions get bigger and bigger. And we just keep thinking that these are normal portions. And they're not. So these are things that we need to also look at. Also, another part of nutrition that I like to look at is um, caloric beverages. So drinking things that have calories, like water we know doesn't have calories, Um, coffee, teas, unsweetened beverages, but then we are drinking way too many juices, pops, things like that. I'll ask the client, I'm like, how big is your glass of juice in the morning? They're like, eh. I'm like, you're drinking four or five cups of, you know, juice in a sitting. They don't even realize it. So, you know, we have to bring those portion sizes down. And just by doing that, I still allow my clients to have the food they like, but it's just decrease the portion size. So if you're having three pieces of pizza, go down to two. Simple as that. Um, The next thing I look at is exercise. Um, We don't move. Mm -hmm. We don't move nearly enough. We all have sedentary jobs. Most of us do. Um, And we don't get up. I mean, literally, you should be getting up every 20 minutes. Just walk around. Um, we don't, I just, I always say move more. And I don't mean you have to exercise, like go to the gym, work out, pick up weights, just move, walk around if you can. Um, I always try to have my clients like use a step, um, like a, what are they called? Pedometer? A, f- a Fitbit. Yeah, a Fitbit or whatever they have, whatever watch they can and track steps. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, look at your steps for the past, say two weeks. What's your average? If you average 3000 steps a day, I need you to go up to 4,000 for the next two weeks. Once you maintain that, go up to five. And then when you reach a like maintainable you know, goal that you can keep, that's where your goal is. And if it's 7,000 a day, great. If you want to do a weekly average, so it's, you know, say 50,000 a week, you make that your average mm. and you make that a goal. Um, I feel like goals for working out are... They keep people motivated, yeah. especially for the working out part. Um, like I have a goal of 100,000 steps a week. So it's like 15,000 a day. So there's some days I do 20,000, but then there's some days I do eight. But I try to get that average in through the whole week just to get my movement in. And sure. then I also try to I also try to recommend to my clients to get in like two to three days of like high intensity, some sort of like weightlifting if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we know that strength training does help with Increasing muscle mass, which will burn more calories, which means you can eat more. So those are all good things. <laughs> yeah, because doesn't Michael Phelps consume like 17,000 calories a day yeah, or something, something ridiculous? crazy like yeah. that. But he exercises a lot. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so that number on the Fitbit, the 10,000 steps, is that what people should be aiming towards? Or is that more of a numerical value that Fitbit puts on? Yeah, that's a numerical. They put that on. Whatever you can do is what I recommend. There's some people that are only going to be able to do 5,000 a day, which is fine because it's probably better than the 2,000 you're mm-hmm. currently doing. Anything is better than nothing. Um, and more than you're doing now is better too. So look at what you're doing and then go up from there. Um, I think, I don't know where they did a study, maybe in Europe. I wish I had the data, but um, they're saying, because 10,000 used to be the number, and now I think they're increasing it to 15,000 oh, a day. Wow. So think about it. And it's just going to keep increasing. Um, but we don't move mm-hmm. nearly as much. I mean, if you think about it, we have cars that take us everywhere we don't ride bikes anymore places you know kids they're on their phones all the time tablets they don't get out and just move Mm -hmm. we don't there's people who have dogs that don't even walk their dogs right like that's not okay we need to get out and move okay walk around the block um so yeah exercise is number two fluid so um obviously increasing water um seven or I, I usually say like 90 ounces um, a day is recommended. Um, doesn't have to just be water, but things non non caloric fluids. So water, unsweetened beverages, um, like unsweetened iced tea if you wanted to. Coffee. Coffee. Oh, okay. Yes. See, look at me. But not just, just all, keep it black. Not all day. Yes, and that's one <laughs> no, thing. Yeah. I so um, I'd say like two to three a day would be fine. Um, but again, cups of coffee. We're talking eight ounce cups. We're not talking the 24 ounce right. cups with you know. A double double from Tim Hortons. That is, that's a caloric beverage. Absolutely. Yeah, and those add up. Um, but yeah, fluid is extremely important for GI transit time, um, skin, sleep, fatigue, like all these things. Just drinking enough water is really important. Um, 
The other one is stress management. So stress management also interferes with um, hormones in your body that work with like weight loss and things like that. Um, so if you are stressed, I always ask my clients, I say one to five, how stressed are you? If they tell me a five, then that's a concern for me. So I usually say you need to you know, learn some stress management um, habits, whether it be yoga, meditation, seeing a therapist, exercise, all these things are kind of related to it. Um, making sure you're getting enough sleep, and that's the fifth component, but that also kind of relates to stress also. Um, seven to nine hours a night, I always try to recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, I also recommend like a similar sleep-wake habit, so going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, even if it's like in the weekend, try to be on that timeline every single day if you can, just so you, you're just your body's used to it. Um, I know a lot of clients are like, I can't fall asleep at night. I'm like, get off your phone. Right. You know what I mean? 100%. Stop watching TV. You know, they're like, I can't go to bed. And I'm like, but then they talk about the four hours of binge watching they did on Netflix. So we all have the same amount of time in the day to do stuff when it comes to anything we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the excuses is what happens with a lot of my clients. They yeah. come in with, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. We all have the same amount of time. There's so much bad associated with TV. Not only the like the picturesque person on TV that you're trying to aim towards from a healthy standpoint, but also the blue light and everything that's coming to your eyes. If you just pick up a book, your eyes get so much more tired mm-hmm. than if you were staring at a TV any day. Right. Right. You've got to start reading. Yeah. Or they start using medications like melatonin or things like that. And it's not, those things are not recommended. Like that'll get you to sleep, but then you'll start to get used to that amount that you're using and you have to use more. It's just, I'd rather have you just relax at night, have a cup of chamomile tea, get off your phone and go to bed early. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point. So these supplements that people take, they, we can go down an extreme yeah. rabbit hole <laughs> yeah. on all the supplements, yes. but the, well, let's stick with the basics first. Like melatonin, we just talked about, you get used to it after a while and then you have to up your intake, but even vitamin supplements, where do you stand on those? You obviously would prefer to have them in food form, correct? Yes. I don't recommend any supplement at all unless you're deficient. So I recommend getting yearly blood work, looking at especially like vitamin D and we live in Buffalo. Right. Most of us are deficient. So taking like a thousand international units a day, if you're severely deficient, you will be prescribed probably a larger dose and then go down to a maintenance dose, which, dose, which might be a thousand to two thousand international units a day. Um, if I work with like vegans or vegetarians, a B12, I would get them checked. Thyroid, I usually have them get checked. Um, so these are things that I usually recommend getting checked. But if you become deficient in something, that's when I would recommend a supplement. But other than that, you don't need one. I don't even recommend a daily multivitamin. There's no need. If you're eating healthy enough, you don't need one. You're just a waste of money. Yes. <laughs> the issue is people are not financially disciplined enough to spend the extra money on fruits and vegetables to hit those marks and they would rather buy a $1,300 cell phone because it came out yesterday and Joe Snuffy has it. So therefore they have it. It's just ridiculous. It is. It is. And the excuse too of, I can't afford healthy food. I've done... Look at the shoes you're wearing. Right. And I've also done multiple posts on my on my Instagram and my Facebook about purchasing a meal from say like Wegmans for a, a family of four compared to say like a McDonald's meal. And... Price is comparable. Time is comparable, too, because that's another thing. Mm -hmm. I don't have the money. I don't have the time to make a healthy meal for my family. Lies. Correct. Okay. They don't – they may not know what to do, but they really just don't want to do it. Sure. Okay. There's there's those both components to it. Um, It's not expensive to eat healthy. There are things out there. If you need to do frozen vegetables, it's okay. You know, if you need to do apples as your fruit instead of berries – it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be a little cheaper. But they just, they don't want to do it. They will come up with every excuse possible to not eat healthy. They spend more time and more money on excuses than they do with just action. They do. Which brings us into the difference of a diet and a lifestyle. So Before we jump into that, though, you had a post recently about frozen vegetables, yes. right? Oh, yeah. Can you talk about the difference between frozen and fresh fruit? Yeah. And vegetables? Yeah. So, yeah, today I actually posted that. Yeah. Um, So sometimes frozen fruits and vegetables could be actually healthier than fresh because we live in Buffalo. What do we really grow in the the winter? 
really nothing. Right. Not, not too much. Um, so usually if it's frozen vegetables or fruit, what they do is they just freeze them right away. Sometimes they'll blanch them, but that means they're holding in their nutrients. So when we get, say, berries, so now we're getting, let's just say mango. Like I got mango the other day, and it was from Ecuador. I literally said it. <laughs> I love mango. Um, but it said from Ecuador. So it had to come from Ecuador. They had to pick it. They had to cut it, ship it. Now it's in Buffalo sitting on, you know, in the produce section for how long? So it just lost most of its nutrients. Sure. Whereas if you were to take berries, you go get a frozen bag of berries, they probably froze them right away and locked in those nutrients. So it's okay to eat frozen and versus fresh it's it's okay um typically they're much cheaper um frozen too obviously you can just keep them in the freezer mm-hmm. and they're easy to cook throw them in the microwave um some vegetables lose a little nutrients when they are cooked versus raw but honestly i don't want you thinking about don't go that far and thinking about it just eat the fruits and vegetables right it's like just eat them like stop <laughs> overthinking it and and that's what we do is we overthink it it's like I'm not going to, I can't do frozen, so I'm not going to do them all. Like, I'd rather have you do frozen than not do them at all. Sure. And if everybody has a plot of land, they can also just start a garden. Yeah. On their own land. Yeah. But that takes discipline and work <laughs> and time, so yeah, no time. one has that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, yeah, so, so the difference between a healthy lifestyle and a diet, yeah. um, I'm sure, comes up literally every day. So how is that discussion? So. I'm sure swell. Yeah. <laughs> So diet, um, and when we think of diet, the, you could use diet in two different ways. Diet is really the food you eat exactly. from a day to day. Yes, We take diet as a, we look at it more as like a diet as a fad diet. It's a trigger word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so typically people think of diet as a short-term short-term things that I eat to get me to my my goal really fast. We want this instant gratification. We live in this world that we want weight loss like this, okay? So we're going to eat 1,200 calories a day, work out six days a week for an hour on this special diet, and then hit our goal, okay? But then you're done with that diet, Mm -hmm. and you don't continue it, and then you gain back that weight. We need lifestyle changes and consistency to keep our weight off and to stay healthy in general. And yes, it may take longer, and that's what we don't like. We don't right. like it things taking time. But again, you have to remember, we did not put the weight on overnight. We're not going to lose it overnight. So I typically, to my clients, don't recommend more than one to two pound weight loss a week. And especially like if I'm looking at someone and say, say I'm looking at someone, they're 300 pounds. They may have weight to lose. Where if I get a client that's 150 pounds and they want to get down, you know, their goal weight is 130. I sometimes say, I don't know if I could see you at 130. And we go up to 140 and what it's going to take a while for them because they really don't have a lot to lose. Mm-hmm. Where that 300-pound person may lose weight faster. But typically, one to two pounds a week with lifestyle changes. And those are things that need to be done for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Eating fruits and vegetables. Increasing your water. Getting lean proteins in. Um, exercise. Stress management. Sleep. All these things have to be done every single day. May not All these changes don't have to happen overnight, but they have to happen at some point. How long does it take to develop a good habit in regards to diets and a healthy lifestyle? I would say 21, 28 days around that that range. You have to be like, I have clients that are like two weeks in, I can't do this anymore. A right. Weekend. And I'm like, you didn't try. Yeah. You didn't try. Um, you know, we'll set up, when I meet with clients, we'll set up meal ideas for snacks, lunch, dinner, um, and breakfast ideas. And they'll do it for a few days, a week, maybe two, um, and then they just get sick of it. Or they, they see one pound of weight loss, and they're like, this isn't working. I'm like, you didn't give it enough time. There's so many things that happen with your body, and that's all they look at. Mm-hmm. It's the, the number on the scale. You know, they don't wait three months to look at their cholesterol that it went down. You know, their number on the scale might have not changed, but their cholesterol level might have went down. So these are things that we need to stop using the number on the scale is a validation that we're doing good yeah, with, because with our diet. The number on the scale fluctuates so frequently too. Oh, yeah. So if you step on tomorrow after your lifestyle change today, you could go up two pounds and then you're going to be so discouraged Yeah, because that fluctuation happens normally. Yeah. And that can happen with bowel movements, with mm-hmm. fluid intake, exactly. maybe way too much salt the night before, especially with women, with menstruation, like all these things. And they just don't take that into consideration because all they want is that number on the yeah. scale. 
So what, from your perspective, would be the ideal lifestyle change? Like what type of, we, we talked a little bit about the macronutrients a little bit too. So like what type of macronutrient breakdown is good or is, does it vary person to person? It does vary person to person. Um, and I take that into consideration because if I'm looking at an athlete, their macronutrient distribution is going to be a little more carb heavy um, versus someone else. Um, my favorite probably, and I hate to use a fad diet because this is a fad <laughs> diet, but I'm gonna, um, the zone diet. Um, this is a while back, but it's typically a 40% carbohydrate, um, a 30% protein, and a 30% fat distribution mm-hmm. um, for macronutrients. I do like that, but if you are eating healthy in the way I, so when I meet with my clients, I always look at the three macronutrients, the proteins, the carbs, and the fat, and I set up each meal having those three macronutrients. And then I always make sure that there's vegetables at lunch and dinner. If you can get them at breakfast, great. And then one of your snacks. Um, And the way that those meals are set up and we set them up together, typically that zone diet and the macronutrient distribution will fall into play. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't realize it because a lot of my clients, they'll be like, I asked them, I said, what do you want? Do you want to count calories? Do you want to count macros? Or do you just want general healthy eating? And a lot of them say, I just want general healthy eating because they've tried the macro counting. They've tried the fad diets. They've, that's when they come to me, when they've tried all that stuff um, and none of it's worked <laughs> or it's worked for you know a little while and then they gain the weight back. Um, so they don't want to count things. So that's when we just look at actually setting up meals the way they're supposed to be set up. Um, counting counting that stuff is exhausting though because the serving sizes on some stuff is like a thimble of this and you're like how am i going to get a thimble of this every time it gets exhausting after a while to make sure that you get the correct amount on each serving right what i counted macros and i was in love with it and then due to work i i was gone um because i was still i was still in the service and i couldn't count because i can't like bring my scale right like it's not a thing so I measured what I wanted to eat, and then I was done measuring. And I ate that same thing mm-hmm. consistently. So I'm like, okay, a Wegmans Greek yogurt cup is this. And the flavors don't change those numbers. Right. So I'll just eat those. Done. Like, that's a side. Like, a cheese stick. It's the same brand. I'm buying it. I know what it is. That's my other side. Like, fruits and veggies, this amount gives me this. And then it gets, dude, it's weird. But you get to a point where you're looking at something and you're like, that's about this ounce. And then you actually measure it to confirm and you're like, well, I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm like an ounce off. So I'll just like move three flakes yeah. and like that's the ounce. It's, it's ridiculous. But the other point too is I had uh, a rotating macro cycle for numbers and it was basically consistent on protein but the f- the fats and the carbs would fluctuate right. and day then day. it was all correlated with the workout yeah. so if it was leg day then it was heavier on fat and then um and carb and then lower on protein ish but nothing too crazy and three o'clock in the afternoon i'm i just got um i just got out of the gym and i was extremely fatigued but it was a light day and i'm like i don't know what's going on i'm like maybe maybe my fats are low so I checked and my fats were low. So I grabbed a small pinch of mixed nuts and ate them. And it was like a light bulb. And my body was so in tuned that I'm like, I feel better after just that small increase in fats. Yeah. And my, my now wife is just staring at me like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, but I have shirt abs and <laughs> I feel great. And then I, I just, it's, not, it's so it's not hard life- to sustain it yeah, though. It yeah. is. And that's the thing. That's not a lifestyle diet if you want to call it and some people can't eat the same thing every day Mm -hmm. and a lot of people you would eat and that's the thing with counting macros is that you are literally having like single macronutrient food so i'm having a chicken as my protein Mm -hmm. i'm having a sweet potato as my carb and i'm having say olive oil or butter on my sweet potato as my fat and they don't like that they want lasagna, which is a mixture food, which is hard to count macros. Exactly. And or yeah. you know, like, literally, yeah. like what are you gonna do? <laughs> this layer looks like twenty five. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and so yeah, that's the thing. But with you switching up your fats and carbs, that is one thing too. I look at like if I have an athlete, and sometimes I look at nutrient timing for my athletes, and I'll say, you know, 
try to get carbs or protein in at this certain time of your workout, whether it be before or after, you know, I look at all that kind of stuff. And so those are that, that's why I say all my clients are very specialized with what I recommend. So do there's people that go back and forth on the window of timing everything. And they're like, dude, it doesn't matter as long as you eat the same amount of whatever you need for that day between the time you get up and the time that you go to bed, you don't necessarily have to worry about when you eat it as long as you get all of it in. Is that true? Um, there's still a lot of studies on that. Protein, I would say yes. Carbs, I still believe there's a window, especially after like doing weightlifting or cardio. I feel like because you use so much glycogen especially in a cardiovascular. I'm, I'm with you because yeah. you can physically feel it. Like mm-hmm. if you're low on carbs and then you start to do mm-hmm. leg day, you cramp and then you're just exhausted after two, like one to yeah. two sets of just straight back squat. You're fatigued right. beyond repair. And it's not sometimes even the after part of the nutrient timing, but sometimes the night before. Be- yeah. Before. 100%. Even the night before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's touch and go with a lot of things. And if I work with endurance athletes, um, you know, I, I always really touch on carbohydrates a lot um, more than proteins. But obviously getting your protein in in general is still really important. That's why Michael Scott had the Alfredo before he did Meredith's fun run. That, and (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't play football because literally on Thursday it was pasta dinners and then Friday it was game day and the whole team sat down and had as much pasta as you could eat. I was too busy getting acid reflux on Friday and Sundays but uh, (laughs) because I just had pasta both of those days. But so talking about fad diets a little bit because we have New Year's coming up. Mm -hmm. This is going to be releasing right around New Year's. People are they want to create this diet they call it because they think that it's going to be a short thing and when they're looking and researching diets, they go to social media, which is the worst place to go for anything. Um, and what do they, you mean? Yeah, and they start looking at some of these fad diets like keto or even intermittent fasting. Or that's, carnivore. It's not even really like a diet per se, but it's a way of consuming your food. But keto and these other type of diets, what do you think about those? Or you talked about which one's your favorite, but what do you think about the others? <laughs> My favorite is keto. Um, no, so I'm not a fan of any fad diet. Um, so with the New Year's resolutions coming up, words like cleanse, detox, fad diet are all, all coming up. Um, short term, obviously, we know, instead mm-hmm. of lifestyle changes. Um, most of these things last for 21 days, 28 days. Like they say, like a New Year's resolution doesn't last longer than that. Um, and that's not okay. Um, so when we look at fad diets, um, keto is a big one. Keto is probably my worst. That's like... Just makes me cringe. Um, the reason why is because we're restricting something. So anytime you see a diet out there that's going to restrict a food or a food group, um, or tell you you know you can't have this, you can't have that, that you need to run from. Literally run from it because that's a fat diet right there. Um, keto extremely low carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual true definition of keto is. 50 grams or less of carbohydrate a day. Yeah. Can you talk about the true definition of keto? Because people don't know that it means ketosis and it's actually a body function. Yeah. So um, it's about 70 70 to 75% fat. So when we do a macronutrient distribution Mm -hmm. breakdown, um, it's about 70, 75% fat, um, about 15 to to 20% protein, and then like 5% carbohydrates. Um, So really, um, you're putting your body into ketosis um, and using fat as a fuel source, um, which we all know that carbohydrates are our main fuel source. Um, We even need like 125 grams of carbohydrates for our brain daily. So we're already way below that, you know, trying to stay below 50 grams a day, which if you think about it, an apple is about 25 grams of carb a day. So we have to also think about when we're trying to get fruits and vegetables in, you're minimizing your your fruit intake because those are carbohydrate-based. You can eat some non-starchy vegetables, but at one point, those also add up as some carbohydrate grams. So that's one thing we're limiting when we eat a carbohydrate, uh, keto diet. Um, the other thing is people don't know how to do it healthy. Can it be done healthy? Yes. Um, keto diet was actually used for epilepsy in children. We're using it as a diet right now to lose weight. Uh, the reason why you lose weight, in the first week, people will lose about an average of anywhere from like seven to eight pounds. The reason why is you're losing water. 
For every extra gram of carbohydrate you store in your body, you store an extra three ounces of water. And when you first start to lose weight, the first six pounds on average is almost always water. Always. Which is why you always see weight loss in your face first because there's so much water stored under your skin. There's no physical way you could lose that much fat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. In a week. Um, So, yeah. And that's why you think about like um, a marathon runner carbs up and they're typically a little heavier on race day because they're retaining fluid Mm -hmm. because they have extra carbs in their body. You can store 2,000 calories of carbs in your body between your, your, between your blood, your muscles, and your liver. Um, So when we look at a keto diet, the first week, first two weeks, you might see all this drastic weight loss, and then it starts to slow down. Um, But keto, typically people think of, I get to eat bacon, I get to eat meat, I get to eat cheese, when that's not the healthiest. You're going to have a heart attack. Right. Not only that, um, I work at a cancer facility. I don't recommend more than 18 ounces of red meat a week, and that Mm. includes pork. Interesting. Has a link to colorectal cancer. Multiple studies, okay? What about Please. venison? Red meat. So, um, Get rid of all your... Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You know, and, and so, um, I mean, keto could be done in a healthy way. You could eat lean proteins because really it's only 20% mm-hmm. fat, okay? Um, you can choose nuts like macadamia nuts and, and walnuts that are, that are less in carbohydrates and use those as your fat sources, avocados, olive oils, or other oils that you want. You know what I mean? You can do it in a healthy way, but then you still need to get in some of your vegetables and some of what you kind of fruit, but then not exceed that 50 gram of carbohydrate, okay? Um, So that's a struggle. Um, A lot of keto diets too are lacking in calcium because you're not getting any dairy in because dairy has carbs. Mm -hmm. Um, So really it's it's hard. You really have to look at what you're eating if you're doing any fad diet, looking at your labs and looking at your health too not just your weight, because you could really damage your health with doing a fad diet. Sure. So just because we talked about red meat a little bit, do you see red meat being phased out completely in American culture? No. 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 Way no. too much money. No. Well, money part aside, like from a healthy standpoint, like the the substitution people do for red meat is uh. like tofu and like the, the different type of soy-based products. Which also sometimes are not the healthiest so like like we have the you mean like beyond meat type mm-hmm. yeah right have you ever seen the ingredients on those i have not i don't okay. eat that i don't eat something yeah. from that part right. of the color spectrum <laughs> i i still recommend red meat okay but in moderation if you have a history of colorectal cancer just be careful how much red meat you you eat you know sure. what i mean family history of it um so you're saying go full carnivore yeah exactly <laughs> perfect yeah um but yeah, no, you just have to be moderation. Sure. I mean, that's a key word in any... In, Literally everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't sit down and eat 18-ounce T-bone steak three times a week. Don't do that. Okay. Um, but no, I don't see it being phased out. There's still benefits to red meat. Um, Even the creatine. Yeah. So, I mean, really, there's benefits to a lot of it. I mean, there's there's iron in it, especially for like people who are, are anemic that mm. want to add some iron to it. It's better than... Um, a non-heat iron as opposed to like beans you know what i mean you're gonna sure. get some more iron out of red meat so so there's just going back off of that there's a lot of thought processes instead of going like we talked about processed foods if you just live off of the food of the land is that the healthy way to go about life is just stay away from all that processed stuff and anything that you can have on your land is probably good for you yeah i mean that would realistically be a great way to eat um but we like cookies. Mm-hmm. We, you know what I mean? So that's not going to happen with any everyone. Um, so I always say, like, I don't want to say eat clean, but when you can, do it. So eat fruits and vegetables, lean meats, whole grains, things like that. Um, but also eat the foods you, like, processed foods in moderation because we're still going to want them. Yeah. Okay? I still eat them. If you look at my Instagram, I had boxed macaroni and cheese <laughs> for my lunch this week. <laughs> Literally. But I ate it in an appropriate portion size. Right. Paired with a vegetable in a pro in a protein. Rotisserie chicken. So like these are things that we just need to understand that we can't sit down and eat the whole box of macaroni and cheese. Sure. Yeah, split it between you and your wife, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what about milk? Uh, what about it? So obviously we make milk we make milk uh like from cashews, which that's not from a cow. Um but we're also I'm still trying to find out if there's a study on it, but are are we still the only animal that has milk beyond like the first month of life? 
Uh, <laughs> she's like, rephrase the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Please>. So, <laughs> so, like, other animals, yeah. like cows, monkeys, whatever, they're not drinking milk when they're out of infancy. You right. know what I mean? Right. So we're the only animal that, I guess, goes to the store and drinks milk. So yeah. there's a lot of people that say that's not okay, like, that's not good for the body. Is that a myth, or... Like, is milk good? Should you cut milk? Or should you actually drink almond milk or whatever? No, I don't think you should cut milk. I think people blame all this stuff, like hormonal changes, like, you know, kids getting their periods earlier, you know, like all this kind of thing. It's not just the milk. Like, stop blaming it. There's lots of other things that these kids are ingesting and not doing that's causing these issues. Um, Do I recommend dairy in moderation? Yeah, but I also recommend everything in moderation. I think dairy itself, whether it be yogurt, um, cheese, milk, which would all be used the same way, mm-hmm. um, is a great source of calcium, protein, probiotics, vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So it does have its benefits. Um, when we drink milk nowadays, like I use the juice example, right. a glass of milk is eight ounces, not 24. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, if you have high cholesterol and you're drinking whole milk, I'm going to recommend going down to 1% or skim. You know what I mean? Like these things we need to look at. Um, it's not the milk itself. It's everything else we're doing. Um, when we look at milk alternatives like cashew milk, almond milk, those are very low in protein. People start using them because it was the, the thing to do right. years ago. You know, it started with almond milk. There's one gram of protein in almond milk, mm-hmm. okay, as opposed to eight in cow's milk, okay? Um, so if you're using it as a protein source, you're doing it wrong. Okay, it does have more calcium. So if you're using it as a calcium source, okay, you can sure. do that. Some people use it in shakes just as a liquid base, which is fine. So I take a look at all those things and I ask my clients, I'm like, why are you using this? Half the time they can't tell me, they're just buying it because they think it's healthy. And that's the marketing that has gone, whether it's on social media or the news, the marketing of products and fad diets is out of control. And the marketing by certain people is what is is killing America. It really is. I mean, just think about it. Our our industry, we have, I did a post two weeks ago about, I titled it, the pandemic that we should be talking about is obesity. No doubt. 100%. Okay. Um, 2.8 million people died in, what was it, a few years ago of obesity, obesity-related issues, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, stroke, diabetes, okay? all related to obesity, okay? 70%, over 70% of Americans, adults over the age of 21, this is not including children, are obese or overweight. And there's a lot of kids. 70%, right, and that's not including kids. So that's scary, that's a scary number, Mm -hmm. okay? But look at how much money we spend on the food food and supplement industry. What's going on? You know what I mean? Like there, that's the question. Mm -hmm. And I always look at myself as a dietitian, I rarely get referrals from doctors as saying, hey, my client has hypertension or my client has high cholesterol, my client has diabetes, I need you to talk to them. I rarely get referrals from doctor's offices. Interesting. Because they just, here's a script, take your script, go on this medication because I'm going to get kickback from that supplement company because I put you on that medication. So we are supplement heavy in this world, medication heavy in this world. And we, we are not doing enough to just do the general basic things with nutrition is increasing fruits and vegetables, moving more, getting more water. Stretch. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the basic things. We're not doing the basic things. So that's the problem in America. Yeah, as, absolutely. That is so interesting. So when you talk about people, like it, it seems more prevalent now and maybe just because there's more research on it, but everybody's gluten-free, everybody's vegan, everybody has an intolerance to wheat or whatever it may be. Is is that a direct result of us cutting things out because we feel like we should be and now introducing it makes us sick? Or how does how do those correlate at all? They don't have a gluten intolerance. They think they do. The majority of them think they do. Really? I've had maybe one person have actual celiac disease that I've met with. It's because you're eating like crap and you're not moving and you're overweight. Um, it's huge. Like they don't know their bodies enough. And so what's happening is 
they're like, I have bloat, I have gas. That's normal bodily function. Right. Okay. It's not that you have gluten intolerance. It's probably because you ate three cookies and didn't move. You know what I mean? These are things that really, if these if these people get tested for intolerances or allergies, rare. It's rare that people have things. Yes, like a, a lactose intolerance, that's very common. Mm-hmm. And that's just changing some of the, the foods that you eat that have lactose. And there's all lactose foods. There'll be like, I can tolerate ice cream, but I can't tolerate milk. Like... It's certain things. You have to know your body, and that's what, again, I'll specialize, you know, my I look at my clients, what they can tolerate, what mm-hmm. they can't. I say, try this, try that. And sometimes once they clean up their diet, they don't have any more issues with gluten or other things. Interesting. What are your thoughts? There's, <laughs> there's so many things yeah. that I just <laughs> want to, like, dive into. So many because, questions. Because I, I'm with you. Like, even simple things of... You don't have time. Okay. Well, instead of eating lunch, why don't you stand up and do 10 body squats and then eat your lunch or 10 push-ups or 10 pull-ups or something? like Even drinking a glass of water before you eat mm-hmm. will cut down your portion size dramatically mm-hmm. because now you're full of water. Right. People just don't do that. Right. right. Or we don't eat snacks. I always recommend eating every three to four hours. You don't eat. You're going to be extra hungry at your next meal. Mm-hmm. Probably eat more than you should and probably eat something you shouldn't. So I always say, eat consistently throughout the day. And it doesn't matter if you... That's another thing. People are like, I, I don't eat after 8. I'm like, why? Like, why are you not eating after 8? Because well, I know it's not good for you. Who, who said that to you? Like, these are things that people believe. WebMD. Yeah. So calories in, calories out. If you... Like, they'll be like, I didn't eat dinner because I didn't get home till 7.30 and I wouldn't have been done, done till 8. So you're not eating? Right. You need to eat. Like, these are things that people are told. I can't have carbs. I can't eat after eight. Um, I, You know, like all these things that I'm just, they don't even know where they're getting this information from, but they're believing it. Yeah. So what do you think about intermittent fasting? And because that is technically, it's not a diet per se. It's a trend of when you're consuming your food. Are there benefits to it? Are there not benefits to it? You're not going to offend me personally because I told you that I do it. <laughs> it's just I wake up and I consume coffee throughout the whole day and then eat lunch. So right. well, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, like you said, people can consume a large amount of calories in a short amount of time mm-hmm. just as if they were eating them throughout the day. So I always say it's better for your body to kind of fuel it all day long consistently throughout the day. Um, if you think about it, this intermittent fasting, you've gone – probably what you know 16 hours yeah Yeah. that's a long time without eating so i always say eat consistently throughout the day because then when you go into that meal that you do want to eat that first meal that you eat are you ravenous uh personally not really i've been doing this for so long not like inadvertently i've been doing it because i'll just take my coffee go to work and then i'll work until lunch and then have my first meal at lunch so i do it subconsciously and this isn't a therapy session i'll pay for that off camera but (laughs) the uh but that's just something that i've been doing and i still consume 2,000 calories from 12 until 8 yeah but i don't ever have breakfast and if that works for you great and there's some i have a client who keto works for Hmm. and literally and but we have talked about a healthy way of doing keto sure and that's works for her and that's fine so yeah it's it's all personalized but if that works for you, then great. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with it. Um, and as long as you're still incorporating fruits and vegetables and right. getting your allotted caloric needs, fine. So if someone doesn't do that, what Derek just explained, um, what is the norm and recommended thing for breakfast? Like, hey, 120 calories at a minimum like or a range have it within 45 minutes of waking up or an hour within waking up. Um, You're trying to break the fast because you just slept eight hours, hopefully. So your stomachs and bodies just like holding on to everything that you have. So is that, is that a thing or is that all hodgepodge? Um, Do I have specific recommendations for caloric needs? No, because it's going to be specialized from person to person. If I'm working with a male compared to a female, there's going to be different calories I'm going to recommend. Do I recommend like a protein, a carbon, a fat? Yeah. So that's one thing. Within a certain amount of time, I I usually say like within an hour Mm -hmm. because not everyone wants to eat exactly like right when they wake Mm -hmm. up. So I'm okay with that. Um, But I definitely do protein, carb, and fat at breakfast if you can. Um, Calories are going to differ from from person to person. Right. 
that's that's what it is. So let's dive into what you do outside of your full time job um, with your actual like your your practice essentially. Um, how did that whole thing start? And then how does somebody get in touch with you to actually dive into this process if they need to? So that started. So I started blogging. If you want to, well, if you want to call it blog, doing posts about like healthy eating, um, recipes. I love cooking. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and eating both those things. Yeah. <laughs> so it works out. And my husband likes e- loves eating. So he's like my taste tester. Um, so posting all those things and then fitness things. I would post like my fitness journey. Um, and then I started that in 2015. 2017 was when I really started Buffalo Dietitian accepting clients. Um, I am a provider with Blue Cross Blue Shield, Independent Health, and Univera. A lot of people don't realize that um, they can be covered 100% and have no out-of-pocket pay for medical nutrition therapy. Um, just you can contact your um, your health insurance and see if you're covered. Um, so a lot of people don't have to pay anything to see me. Um, and so they can contact me through my email, my phone, look at my website, all that information is there at buffalodietitian.com. Um, and then we just set up a, a consultation. So usually my consultations, the first initial is an hour. Sometimes they go a little longer, depends on what the issues are. But typically if it's gonna go longer, that turns into follow-up sessions. Um, I always recommend follow-up sessions. A lot of my clients do like them. It depends on how often you wanna do them. Sometimes I have clients that are like, I wanna meet every two weeks, monthly, you know, quarterly, it depends. And sometimes we start it monthly and then it moves to quarterly. Depends on how much they need, how much assistance they need. I always do offer unlimited like email or texting if need be because there's a lot of questions as they're going along because they have all these little changes that they want to make. Is pepperoni or sausage better on Right, pizza? exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why am I bloated after a run? <laughs> right, you know. So those are things that, that you know, they can text me or call me about. Um, try not to call me. Um, <laughs> text me or email me. Yeah. I have a little one. Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can set up follow-up sessions. Um, and then I do provide like written um, information to them at the session we review. When, when we do meet, we review meal ideas for breakfast, um, lunch, dinner, snacks, um, portions, appropriate portion sizes. Uh, but then like do their food diary, the food recall that we were talking about to see what you're lacking in, what's missing. Um, I do a detailed medical history with you. Being in working as a clinical dietitian is my actual full-time job. I obviously do have that medical background mm-hmm. to, to look into what medications you're on. What are your health issues that we can really work on changing diet to kind of help with that aspect, not just weight loss. Sure. So, so you said that you started as a blogger and kind of just documenting your process, getting to the point where you're at now took a ton of effort on your end. Oh, yeah. So what was that discussion like with yourself basically trying to say, I want to go down this road because it was not just a flip the switch and I'm a dietitian now. It was, let's get registered with these insurance companies. So what made you want to do this for people? Um, one, the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest absolutely. with you. Um, no, but two, um, a lot of my clients, I, I like to see the results <laughs> and they like the results, whether it be weight or health. Um, whatever it is, they they really are proud of themselves, and I do like that. Um, weight is hard. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. They don't, and so um, you know, I take it really personal because everyone has a different journey. Um, my journey started as an eating disorder. You know, some people don't ever have that eating disorder, but they have a disordered eating. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it's I like to help them work through that, just because I do have the knowledge, and I feel like I have the the correct knowledge to provide them and i'd rather give them my knowledge than have them go on social media and get 100 garbage so i feel better giving them what i know um and you can even see like on my instagram i'm a very realistic simple dietitian does give you the true facts right. you know i'm not here to give you any you know fad diet you know um it's, it's all real and what's your handle again on Instagram, just so people can already start following you? Buffalo Dietitian. Buffalo Dietitian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there a possibility, Here we asking go. for a friend, <laughs> perfect, that you can eat so unhealthy that it becomes your body's norm? Like, if you, we're talking about everything in moderation here, but if you consume only processed foods and you don't ever include anything good, is it possible that your body can adapt and now have that as, like, normal? 
Or is that just a question was, that nobody ever asked? Wasn't there a guy who me. did like a study, like ate McDonald's for like a certain amount of time? Supersize me. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was atrocious on him. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like literally the doctors came in towards the end and they're like, this, your heart's like about to right. seize. So it's going to be more really? like yeah. lab work that's going to show more of like, you could eat 2000 calories of McDonald's a day and then eat 2000 calories of healthy food a day. And maybe your weight might stay the mm-hmm. same. But I'm sure your lab work is going to definitely... You'll you'll basically not decompose, and you'll die from the inside out. It Like, you probably won't show it for a long time. You're not going to feel great either. Yeah. yeah right. I mean... It's just not ideal. Yeah. I mean, really, even if you think about it, if you eat healthy, think about it. If you start eating healthy, a lot of my clients will be like, they'll have an unhealthy meal, and they're like, I don't even like it anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just don't feel good after. And that's what him and I talked about, where... If you're strict for 30 days and you even get a salad from a restaurant, you can taste butter on the plate right. from the whatever the hell was in the plate before right. it was your salad. And that's where, like, the, the people who come in and they're like, I have a gluten intolerance. No, you're eating like crap. Right. You may really have celiac disease, but you need to get tested, and most likely you're not going to mm-hmm. have it. So, like, I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, but it's very, very rare. Yeah. So. How is, what are your thoughts on soy? Um, if it, you're getting it from an actual, like, an edamame, tofu, instead of, like, a processed product, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. You know, those chicken nuggets that have soy in them? Right. That's processed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't know if you know that. Yeah. Like, soy milk, is that, you is can, that okay? Yeah, you can okay. do soy milk. And actually, soy milk has, like, seven grams of protein per cup, as opposed to, like, the almond milk has one, and the cow's mm-hmm. has eight. So it's very similar to... Um, to cow's milk. Would you go as far as recommending soy over almond, or is that not? Yes. If okay. you're going to use it as a protein source, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's crazy, because yeah. it. you can take that, but then still misapply it. Mm-hmm. Because just because it's better in one category doesn't mean that you should just go out and put that in your fridge now. Right. It, like, you can still misapply literally any good. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so, like, just... Just talk to her. Right. There's so much food out there. It's well, honestly, it's so overwhelming. Yeah, it, like is. How, it is. And it's, we can take this and then go to Wegmans up the road and we're like, ah, she said this is higher in protein, but it could still be awful for us specifically. But then Aunt Sue next to us is totally like it would be perfect for her. Right. You can consume too much protein. That, that's something that I don't think don't a lot of people Arnold understand. Don't tell Arnold that. Right. But like when I was, I mean, for an example, when I was working out. Uh, way back in the day. Clearly, I don't do it right now. But when I was working out, uh, I would come home from the gym after after working out, after work and everything, and then I would make myself a dinner with chicken, and then I would consume a protein shake, and I wasn't losing any weight because I was consuming 300 calories. grams of protein. And just, you can just have Yeah, you can just have too much of something that you think is good for you, and it's just not. Right. And that's why, you know, meeting with me would be a very specialized meeting that mm-hmm. we would look at your weight, your needs, you know, what's going on in your life. Are you an athlete? Things like that. So everything is different for everyone. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> but again, too, like, you know, I'll look at like people who go to the gym and they're on the treadmill walking and they have a Gatorade in their hand. Mm-hmm. You don't need Gatorade. Right. I, like literally, like even Gatorade itself, like is awful in electrolytes. It's a, does a poor job in electrolytes. So stop it. We could, we can have this thing be ten hours long, going through <laughs> each individual food. What's bad about celery? No, but if we're talking about well, like Gatorade, can you expand on that a little bit more and, and what the need for Gatorade would be and why people misuse it? So, I am an endurance athlete. Well, I haven't done an endurance event in probably what two years, um, but I've done. You have a newborn. I know. <laughs> Calm down. I would ex- that's my excuse. <laughs> that's my excuse. Yeah, not the knee pain. <laughs> yeah, not the body gel that you're sick right. of putting on because you break out right. in rashes. Right. <laughs> So um, when I, I did my Ironman back, back in July of 2018. Wearing? Wh- wearing? Yep. What were we wearing uh, during the Ironman? Uh, a jersey? No. A bla- no. On your feet. On your feet. Oh, Brooks. See? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Greatest shoes literally ever. This video is not sponsored, right? just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah. Continue. Um, <laughs> She's like, hold on. What was I wearing? I, yeah, I was like, I think about that. Um, so anyways... Um, when I was training, so Gator, regular Gatorade, I think about 70 milligrams of potassium, 120 of sodium per eight ounces, does a poor job of replacing electrolytes. 
I would use Gatorade Endurance, but also base salts, which would have uh, magnesium, uh, calcium, uh, chloride, sodium, and potassium. I know you're like, this is way over your head. But no, it's just hysterical because I can literally envision you cutting the Gatorade with water and then adding some other stuff and your husband's <laughs> right. staring at you like, what in the well, world? Well, he does Iron Man's too, so he's fully, he knew everything that was going on. Um, but so those are things that, you know, people think that Gatorade markets itself as an electrolyte replacement. Mm-hmm. It's an awful electrolyte replacement, if you if you ask me, for an endurance athlete. It really is. Um, so it's not needed. So it's just uh, you're drinking 80 calories of nothing, of sugar water. Um, as an endurance athlete, we use that sugar water. In Gatorade Endurance is a little more sodium and potassium, about the same amount of carbohydrates, um, but we use those carbohydrates as fuel. Whereas if you're walking on the treadmill, you don't need additional fuel. So that's another thing, too, is if you're you know working with endurance athletes, I would look at your carbohydrate intake during your workouts, after your workouts, things like that. So we market these things on the internet and on social media as you need this to do better. You need this to replace that. You don't really need any of it, especially if you're just walking. They have like vitamin water out there. Stop, you're selling vitamin water? Right. Well, yeah, yeah, 50 Cent had to make his money. Did Did you see that thing Starbucks now sells vitamin coffee? What is that? They have coffee pods in the coffee aisle that have vitamins in them. Yeah. I want to open up one of those pods, and it better just be a bunch of vitamins. I, I don't know. I don't know how much yeah, just a couple are. pills. I don't know how much they are, but it's just ridiculous. Like, and people fall for this. Because yeah. they're not educated, and they don't know where to go for for the well, correct information. They because don't. if you go to the internet for it, mm-hmm. you're going to hit the site that's marketing it. Right. So it's, you're, in a, Starbucks marketing it, it's got to be good. Right. Yeah, most people don't know, again, right. macronutrient. There's another part of the word. It's not just macro. And right. then there are micronutrients, too, that you right. also need that no one even knows what those are. Right, exactly. It's, we need a part two is right. basically what we're getting at. <laughs> so um, there's, there are so many things in my head that... Did we cover all the fad diets? Because really what we yeah. wanted to talk to you about is this New Year's resolution, what your thought processes are around New Year's resolutions, what goal you should set for yourself, and why you shouldn't say, I'm going to do keto starting January 1st and then hopefully be alive in May, right? right? So <laughs> like, what type of fad diets could we also talk about or anything around that New Year's topic? Well, that or if somebody decides to work with you Jan 1, when do you let the bird fly out of the nest? Like, are they your client forever and ever? Or like, when do you like... We're good. Like, leave me alone. So, There's other people that I got to help. Everyone, if you call her, you're done. Yeah, right? You're, no, you're done. Yeah. Don't call her. Yeah. You're suffering. Um, yeah. Um, you're suffering. Yeah. Um, everyone's different. So okay. it, that, again, will depend. When we think of New Year's resolutions, I want everyone to think of lifestyle changes. Okay. Don't think of the diet part. Um, think of small changes, small habits to start making. Do it one at a time. So... I love goals. I think they're great. I think New Year's resolutions, do we need to always start them on January 1st? No. So maybe have one goal for January. Maybe that be, I'm only eating vegetables at at dinner. I'm going to also add them to lunch. You do that one goal the whole month of January. So now you're eating vegetables at lunch and dinner. February 1st, you set a new goal. I'm going to increase my water from 40 ounces a day to 50 ounces a day. But you keep that previous goal. Right. And then you add the next goal. You keep doing that all year round. These are habits that have you formed over those 28 days of each month that you're most likely going to keep. You've just added a new one. If you, Jan 1, say, I'm going to eat vegetables at two meals a day, increase my water, sleep seven to eight hours. If you make all these you know, goals, you're not going to achieve them all because it's too drastic of changes. Sure. And that's what a lot of New Year's res- resolutions are, is too drastic of changes, and they don't keep because they're not maintainable. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the gym. People yeah. try to sign up for the gym to go January 1st, try to go all five days. They miss a day. They get discouraged and they don't go again. Exactly. So if you make these small changes and say, all right, I don't go to the gym at all and I haven't for the past four years. If I go one day a week now, <laughs> right. that'll be good. Right. And then maybe in February, I'll increase it to two. But you have to set these milestones that are achievable mm-hmm. because if you're not getting that, you're not going to get the instant gratification of losing the weight. So you need the instant gratification of meeting that goal that you set for yourself. Right. So that's what it all comes down to is just set easy goals to meet. Yeah. And realistic goals and even weight goals. Like if your goal is to lose 40 pounds, maybe start with 10 Mm -hmm. and then you do 10 more. Because if you start with 40 and it's taking you that too long to get there, you're going to stop. 
you're going to lose your, you know, you have to be consistent with things. And that is the key is consistency is key. It really is. Yeah, we need a part two. (laughs) So is there anything else that you want to add? Can you do your plug, your Instagram handle again one more time for everybody? Buffalo Dietitian. Perfect. So, yeah, I mean, that's. We covered a lot of information. Yeah. We did, but we're, it's just the tip of the iceberg because yeah. we didn't yeah. even dive into – it's fine. Yeah. We're, we're, we will be back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right. And we'll go good. from there because there's, there's a lot that needs to be out there yeah. for everybody to I hear. I agree. And it's – yeah. We'll come back with, and then we'll have okay. – I mean, we can even bring um, a food log and then just be like, pick some Take, changes. Yeah. yeah. And then go over that super you know, like easy a real stuff. live example. Yeah. Yeah. You can get it we can get there a session in for each of you. Yeah, it'll be there great. Absolutely. That works for yeah, me. Just, just charge the HSA. Yeah, we just won't we just won't call you. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for your You're time. Welcome. We really appreciate it. Everybody thank go you. check thank out you. her Instagram. She posts a ton of amazing content. It's just all about healthy living and you need to follow it because it's real life examples on what you can implement today. So go follow her Instagram, go hit her up for some uh, nutrition advice and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.